All right, so we've been going through um, this series. Next week will be my last uh, sermon in the series. Next week is really for married people, okay? Um, we started off with married people, then we kind of got into engagement and dating today, okay? Um, um, next week, it's going to be strictly about marriage, all right? So we're going to talk about married people, all right, next week. So make sure that if you're married that you come next week um, for that uh, but we've been going through this, and, and, and I know that my topic today is five signs that you're dating the wrong person. Now, now, if you're engaged, this goes for you too, okay? If you're married, this doesn't go to you, okay? It, it, <laughs> I told you I married the wrong person, jeez. Can't, can't say that. So we started with, my first topic was why mar most marriages don't work. And then the second one we talked about was three qualities you need before marriage. Um, last week was five signs that you're dating the wrong person. Oh, I'm sorry, that's, that was today, right? My bad. Um, yeah, that's today. Five signs you're dating the wrong person. Um, I got that one wrong. <laughs> but um, I'm happy about this topic mostly because there's a lot of dysfunctional marriages out there. There's a lot of dysfunctional people that, that want to get married. And statistically speaking, um, most of you who are dating will get married eventually, statistically speaking, okay? Now, not everybody will, and I understand that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but most of you will get married. Now, also, statistically speaking, many of those who get married won't make it, okay? They won't make it. And also, statistically speaking, couples don't make it will look back and see that there are warning signs before you said, I do. But they ignored the warning signs. Again, don't look at your spouse right now, okay? <laughs> um, um, but most people who, who aren't married will be married eventually. Those people um, um, that do get married, statistically speaking, they will not stay married. And when you ask those people, they will say, there was warning signs before I got married that I totally ignored that I should have paid attention to. See, when you're dating, you tend to overlook these things. You might notice something wrong or they're a little off. We like to call those red flags, okay? Red flags, those are red flags. Anybody know what red flags are? Okay, you see them all the time. These are red flags, all right? Your mind says, Pay attention to the red flags, but your heart says love will make it better. Your heart says love, ah, oh, love will make it better. Okay. Let me encourage you today. Pay attention if you're dating. Pay attention to those warning signs, those red flags. Pay attention to those. Even pay attention to the yellow flags that are in your relationship. All right? Those can, you, you can work through those, but there's some definite red flags that you should pay attention to. We're gonna talk about the five red flags, okay, before you get married. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12 says, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. I think this summer we're gonna walk through Proverbs this summer. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12 again says, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer from it. Another translation puts it like this. This is out of the Gospel New Translation. It says, sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it, but an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. 
and that we regret it later. So we're going to go through this little exercise real quick. So go ahead and put that slide up. Let's, let's, let's rehearse the Word of God together. Okay, let's rehearse the Word of God together. Right here, we've got sensible. Okay, so go ahead and click that. So say this with me, sensible. Say this with me. See trouble coming and avoids it. Let's say it one more time. See trouble coming and avoids it. And the unthinking person says, walks into trouble and regrets it later. One more time walks into trouble and regrets it later. That's the word of God. And unfortunately, when we're dating or when we're kind of figuring out what we're gonna do, we usually, typically would say, oh, it'll work itself out in the end. It'll be okay later, okay? I said this last week, that one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got when I was, before we got married was marry the person as they are, not as you want them to be. Because you can't change that person. No matter how much you want to, how much you think they're gonna change, love doesn't change a thing when it comes to getting married. So what we're gonna talk to you today about today might seem extreme. It's gonna be extreme, okay? But why is it extreme? Because it's extreme. (laughs) It's just so countercultural of what the world is saying. But I love the word of God. I love the Bible. I love what it says because it flips everything upside down. What's right in the world, what's wrong in the world is right and what's right in the world is wrong. And what the Bible does, it comes against this culture and says, no, this is how it should be done. But it, 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 what, what the Bible does so well is it, 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 just, it just cuts in between everything that we feel and it gets down to the heart of the issue, right? So we're gonna go through the word today and we're gonna talk about this. So today I'm gonna be talking to the people who faithfully or who want to faithfully follow Jesus. Okay, you may be here this morning and you don't faithfully follow Jesus. You're not consistent in your relationship with God. I want you to know that today's the day to get that right. Okay, good. Okay, you're with me. Good. I just applauded you for being soul winners, okay? So don't let me down now, guys. <laughs> I'm playing. The, you can't have a, how can I say this? You can have a good relationship without Jesus, but I'm a firm believer that you can't have the greatest relationship without him. Like you need Christ at the center of everything that you do in your relationships, I'm not saying it can't be good. There's a lot of good marriages out there that don't have Jesus, all right? But you just imagine what it'd be like if they were Christ-centered, serving together. They would be powerful couples, impactful couples in our world today. So let's talk about these five signs, these red flags um, you should pay attention to if you're dating or maybe even if you're engaged before you say, I do. The first red flag If they're not consistently pursuing Jesus, you don't need to be with them. That's extreme. I know. I said it was going to be extreme. Okay? If they're not consistently pursuing Jesus, you need to be with them. And consistent, that word consistent is used intentional. It's not that you're perfect or you're perfect. Leave perfection out of it. It's are they consistently pursuing Jesus? Are they consistently pursuing God? Now, I want you to know, these things right here are what we teach the teenagers on Wednesday night, okay? We tell them things like this. 
If you're going to go with somebody, make sure they love God more than you. Because if they don't, you will not love God together later on. All right? So the reason consistent is used so strongly in this statement is that there's roughly about 332 million people in, the, in America today. Yeah? About 332, okay? Million. The stats say that 63% of people call themselves Christian. That's roughly 210 million people. All right? So if there's 332 million people and 210 million people say they're Christian, we should have one of the greatest Christian nations in the world. But we don't. Because, here's why. The other day, I was sitting in my garage thinking to myself, man, it'd be really great to be a 2024 Ford Raptor right now. Not to have one, to be one. Ooh, ha, ha, ha. Name your favorite car. It doesn't matter what it is. And I was sitting there in my garage going, I'm a truck. 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 Now, it doesn't matter how many times I identify as a truck or how many times I say that I'm a truck. The reality is, is that just because I'm parked in the garage doesn't mean that I'm a truck. Okay? Doesn't mean that I'm a truck. And the same thing goes with Christianity. Just because you go to church, just because you occasionally read your Bible on Easter and Christmas, just because you say you're a Christian doesn't necessarily make you a Christian. Doesn't necessarily make you a Christian. What makes us and separates us is the constant and consistent pursuing of the Father in our relationship with him. Is our consistent relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know, again, it's an extreme statement, but it's true. The person you're dating or engaged with, if they're not talking about Jesus within the first hour of your first date, more than likely, they don't love Jesus consistently, and that's a red flag. <gasps> that's difficult to hear. But it's true. Why? People talk about first what they value most. It's a natural statement. People talk first about what they value most. If they love traveling, guess what they're going to talk about first? I went traveling. It was so great. Travel, 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 travel. Right? If they talk about their hobbies, which I love fishing and I love shooting guns. It's one of my favorite hobbies. But before my hobby, I love Jesus. If they talk about their dreams, their hopes, and their visions, all very important things. But if they talk about, about that more than they talk about Jesus, it's a red flag. Some people love shoes. <laughs> Who just loves shoes, right? Love shoes, right? Just Jordans, whatever they call them. Maybe I don't love shoes as much as I think I do. Because I got to wear old grandpa shoes because of my feet. But it's okay, though. I like that. <laughs> But if, they talk, if, they are, if, if their thing is shoes, you'll hear them, you'll hear their passion right when you start talking about them. And what I'm trying to say here today is if they're passionate about it, that will be the thing that comes out of their mouth the most. 
And if they're not passionate after Jesus, you'll pick up on that within the first hour. If you gotta ask, what are your spiritual beliefs? If you have to ask, hey, are you even a Christian? If you have to ask, where do you go to church at? If you have to ask, what ministry are you involved in? If you have to ask those questions within the first hour, I suggest to you this morning that there is a red flag to watch out for. I'd suggest in your conversations, if there's not a sense of a Christ-centered lifestyle, now there won't be one in the future either. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 15 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? What do we have to do with dark darkness? Nothing. Light and darkness don't mix. Now I can hear everyone going, yeah, but if we go into the dark, then the light will shine. I understand that. But it's more of a proven fact that if you hang out with people and you connect with them and you socialize with them and they become a, a, a intimate relationship with you, more than likely you're gonna be drawn away from Christ than you are uplifted in him. You're gonna be drawn away from God more than you will bring them to church to get saved, okay? But pastor, I love him, he's so cute. He's so cute. Yo, man, she's fine though. I'm never gonna find another girl like, so fine like that. Well, just to let you know, with age, all that goes out the door, right? But also, with marriage, for sure, all that goes out the door, okay? You might start off physically attracted, but I promise you, as you get into your marriage, you will be attracted to them for who they are, not what they look like. So you might be saying to yourself, God is limiting my options. He's so limiting my options. In actuality, he's not limiting you. He's protecting you because he loves you. Because he loves you. Your spiritual beliefs determine your values. Your values determine everything in your life. Determines everything in your life. What are you gonna do with money? How will you raise your kids? How will you serve together in church? What will you stand for? What is your purpose? Everything that you consider valuable, okay, your beliefs in Christ actually set the tone for your values. And why in the world would we wanna mix our strong belief in God with somebody who does not love God like you love God? It's a red flag. Even if you think they'll change, again, you have to go into the relationship knowing that they won't. I suggest to you today that don't give them your heart if God doesn't have theirs first. Amen. Don't give them your heart if God doesn't have their first. So number one, number one, red flag is if they're not constantly pursuing Jesus, Pay attention. Number two, when those you love don't love who you're dating. Oh, this is an interesting one. <laughs> this is an interesting one. And I'm not talking about just anybody. 
I'm talking about the people you trust the most. When they say, hey, I don't feel good about who you're with. I don't feel good about who you're with. These are red flags. These are things to pay attention to. I don't, I don't feel good about who you're with. See, most Americans, because of our pride, we're wired to say, I'll do what I want. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> right? We're wired that way. It's, it's, part, it's part of our culture. Okay? It's part of the American culture. That's why we talk about submission and honor and, and being under authority so much. Because as Americans, we will say, I'll do whatever I want. You can't tell me what I can and can't do or who I should date and who I can't date. Even if the people love you and even if you respect them and, they tr- and you trust them. That's how we're wired. So first things first, you gotta make the difference between who loves you and who is trying to control you. You gotta make the difference between those people who you trust and those people who are trying to control you. I had a director at school one time back in master's commission, that uh, he said to Kristen and I while we were dating, in all reality, we weren't supposed to be dating, but we were, you know, whatever. I'm a rule breaker. Our first year, you had to commit to no dating. You had to memorize so much scripture, that kind of stuff. But we weren't really dating, but we were, you know, liked each other. She said, I liked her. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> so I had this director tell me one time, said that Kristen was going to ruin my life. That she was going to control me. That she was going to wear the pants in the family. Well, now who's laughing? Because I can clearly tell you that I wear the pants of the family. She just tells me which ones to put on. (laughs) That's how this goes. (laughs) No, really. This guy, this director, I, I, I thought I could look up to him. I thought I could trust him. He was an authority figure in my life. But in reality, his lifestyle was controlling, manipulative, and downgrading to everyone around him because he had to feel a certain way to be around people. Anybody, nobody like that? And they demean you, they talk about you, they gossip behind you, they backbite you, they, they do all these things because they're, if they, feel, they feel as if you're stepping on their turf. You know, back in, in, in prison days, it's called them sizing them up, right? Not that I went to prison, but I'm just saying, like, like, like he was, so the guy's way older than us and he's sizing everybody up saying, how am I going to, he's an old a Marine vet. I mean, Marines are built different. I get it, right? And so that's how it was. That's how it was. So with that, not everyone in your life should be the right filter. You've got people in your life right now that will try to control you, to try to manipulate you, to try to have some kind of sense over your life, to hold it over you. However, God does put people in your life that are good discerners. They are the right people to help you navigate your relationships. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Comes from his earnest counsel. The New Living Translation puts it like this. The heart of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So there are people in your life that will help you discern, that will help you 
get through this. And there's some people in here right now, you're, you're contemplating, who am I going to marry? Who am I going to be with? Who, who am I going to... Go to your family, go to the ones that you trust, go to the ones that you love, and go to the ones that love you back, that trust you back. I promise you, they are in your life, and maybe sometimes we just have to dig a little bit for those people, right? But they're there. So your friends and your family, they love you if they follow after Christ. Why? Because when you follow after Christ, that means you're spiritually rooted and you're spiritually grounded, if you don't have somebody like that in your life, then your pastor, come ask me. I don't know if I trust you or not. <laughs> That's okay, you don't have to. But I'm gonna tell you what I feel, okay? Because I care for you and I love you and I don't wanna see you get into a bad relationship. I only wanna see you get into good relationships. Kristen, go to her. We wanna, huh? I'll be honest. Yeah, Kristen will be honest. She'll tell you, change the pants. <laughs> Be open to what they see because more than likely, they will see something you don't because sometimes love is blind. Yeah. Love is blind. Sometimes we, we're, we're, we think, oh no, it's not, no, that other person that loves you and trusts, that you trust, they will see other things in that person that maybe you're not seeing. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says this. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. But the wise listen to advice. So five signs you're dating the wrong person. Number one, if they're not constantly pursuing Jesus. Number two, those you love don't love you. Oh, sorry. Those you love don't love who you're with. <laughs> they don't love you. Don't love who you're with. Right? Number three, red flag. When you don't experience healthy conflict. When you don't experience healthy conflict, when you don't expect healthy conflict in your relationships, that's a red flag. How many married people this morning, no, I'm not gonna tell you to raise your hand, but let's say, had a conflict before you can, I know, yeah, it happens. When you're married, conflict happens. Argument happens. I remember one time I was counseling with this couple, um, this was years ago, and uh, I said, so how are we gonna take care of conflict in your, in your marriage? And how are we gonna take care of when you get mad and you start to fight and you get in bad relations? Like, how are you gonna do that? And they said, hey, we're never gonna have that. <laughs> and then they said, and you don't prophesy that over us because we're never gonna get into an argument. And I went, well, I think we're done here then. <laughs> You're perfect. There's nothing else I can tell you, right? See, in a relationship, you're gonna have conflict, Amen. You're gonna fight. It's just a matter of time. I remember my idea of fighting was to have victory. I will win. <laughs> she will lose. I will win. That's how guys are wired mostly, right? We really don't sit there and listen very much. Mm, I understand your feelings. No, it's like, no, we're gonna win this conversation. I can tell you right now from experience, that never worked. <laughs> remember one time Kristen and I, we got to this really... Bad, bad, this is back in Springfield years ago, bad argument. And, uh, and I'm the kind of guy who like just shuts down whenever there's conflict. Not because I'm not afraid of having healthy conflict, it's just because I know me, okay? And I know that if I'm pushed into the corner, that I'm going to say something that I regret later, All right? So I just go, hmm, I quiet down, 
And, but Kristen, she's so awesome. She's like, come on, tell me how you feel. Tell me how you feel. You know, your wives are just really great at pushing that one button that makes you, <laughs> right? So I did. I told her how I felt. And then we didn't speak to each other for how long? Maybe three or four days. Literally, we were just roommates in the house. We'd walk by each other and not say a word. Now, I know none of you have ever done that before, okay? You guys are way better than us, all right? But, but we, didn't say each other, we didn't say anything to each other. We didn't talk to each other. She even later, as I found out, she even contemplated leaving, grabbing her bags. I'm not saying like separation, but just grabbing her bags and leaving for a while because what came out of my mouth was very sharp. It was very to the point. It was very this, and I just had it, and it was one of those moments where I kind of just blew up, okay? And it happens to all of us. So then we thought, instead of splitting up and going our separate ways for a little bit, we watched a movie together. It was a comedy movie because we needed to laugh a little bit. So we're sitting in the same living room, right? Chair by chair, and we're not talking to each other. And then she would laugh, and I go, I can't believe she's laughing at that. Stupid. She just bothered me, man. Right? So eventually the mood got a little light, and then finally my famous words came out. Hey, so the other day, and she goes, finally we can talk. Like if I was the one supposed to instigate this conversation, you're the one that pushed me. Right? So all of these things are the things that happen in a relationship. But before you get married, if there's somebody that you're dating right now or maybe even engaged to, if they don't expect healthy conflict, that's a red flag to pay attention to. It's a red flag and a, probably a red flag where you should go, hey, we're not gonna do this. Why? Because that person either will never wanna have a conflict and you'll never have a healthy relationship because I'm a firm believer that healthy conflict equals healthy relationships. And you might say, Pastor, it's all going to go away if we just get married. And then, it, and then you fight while you're married. Well, Pastor, no, 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 it's going to go away when we have a baby. No, 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 Pastor, it's going to get better. It's going to get better when we have two babies, I promise. Pastor, what's really going to matter right now is if I win the lottery. That's what's really going to matter. Like, that's going to help us in our relationship. Yeah, okay. If you try to hide conflict away by covering it up by something else, that conflict will find a way to come back up until dealt with in a healthy, loving, and productive way. So the best way to argue with one another is to take a card ride together. Because you're sitting side by side. Now, hopefully, one of those people didn't say open the door again. <laughs> you know, no, okay. But, but you're riding side by side together. You don't have anywhere to go, so you have to talk about it. You've got to talk about it, right? The side-by-side -side conversations force you to talk about it freely and force you to talk about it honestly. Healthy couples fight fair. Unhealthy couples fight dirty. Healthy couples find re resolutions, while unhealthy couples press for victory. And the best way to have healthy conflict is found in James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers, and sisters, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It doesn't say you can't do it, it just means, hey, before you do it, 
think about it a little bit. Think about what you're going to say. So five signs that you're dating the wrong person. Number one, when they're not constant, consistently pursuing Jesus. Number two, when those you love don't love. <laughs> there I go again. When those you love don't love who you're with. Number three, when you don't expect healthy conflict. Number four, when you find it difficult to trust the one you're with. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says this. And this, I'm going to get real serious about this in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says this. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, trust doesn't mean that you won't have the moments of insecurity. That's a normal thing. When you have moments of insecurity. But when you're consistently worried you can't trust the person that you're with, that's a red flag. That's a red flag to pay attention to. Or maybe you're the problem. Maybe you're overly possessive. Maybe you're too insecure. It's not that they're not trustworthy. Maybe you just have a problem with trusting. Either way, if you can't trust them or you're the issue, each of these is a red flag to pay attention to. And this is why I want to just get real serious real fast. If you're in a relationship right now, if you're dating someone right now and they're verbally or physically abusive, time to get out. Right now. But pastor, no, that's not, no, it is godly. Get out right now. You don't deserve to be in that relationship. I don't know how many pastors would ever tell you this. There's always redemption and there's always hope. But if you're in an abusive relationship, if they're constantly manipulative over you and they're constantly berating you and if they're even physically abusive to you, it's time to get out. It is so interesting to me as a pastor, the people that I've counseled before, they say things like this. He hit me the other day, but I'm still gonna stay with him. You don't deserve that. You're better than that. So get out of the relationship now. If you find yourself always wondering, what's he looking at the phone? I got a good example here for that. You've seen this before maybe sometimes. You're sitting in, this one's laying in bed. Obviously, this is a married couple. He's probably thinking of other women while he's looking at his phone or wondering. But in reality, what we're doing is, I wonder if the Vikings will win the Super Bowl ever. <laughs> That's really what we're thinking, okay? <laughs> That's really what we're thinking. Will the Vikings ever win the Super Bowl? Probably not. <laughs> if you're constantly asking or wondering, where is she? Or why didn't he call? Pay attention to what that relationship's all about before you get into it. Because you're not gonna change that person when you get married. So five signs that you're dating the wrong person. This is my last one. Number one, when they're not consistently pursuing Jesus. When those you love don't love who you're with. Number three, when you don't expect healthy conflict. Number four, when you find it difficult to trust the one you're with. And number five, when, they, when they're leading you away from Jesus instead of closer to Jesus. In your relationship, you have to ask yourself, are you growing closer to Jesus with this person or are you drifting away? Matthew chapter 24, verse four says this. See that no one leads you astray. See that no one leads you astray. So here's some good ways to tell that you're drifting away from Jesus. Number one, when you start dating, you stop going to church or you go less and less and less to church. It, be, it doesn't become a core value that it was once was. You find, your, you find yourself finding another thing to do on the weekend rather than planting yourself in a community. 
There's another way to know if you're drifting away from Jesus. When you start dating, you drift away from your Christian community, your rooted community. Not necessarily just going to church, but now you're small groups, the people you used to hang with. Now you're, now, now you're hanging out with their friends more than you're hanging out with the community that rooted you and got you to a healthy place in your relationship with God. Another way is when you start dating, you begin to compromise sexually. It's a red flag when you begin to compromise sexually. Remember, sexual intimacy is reserved for the covenant of marriage. Extreme, I know, but it's true. Sexual intimacy is reserved for the covenant of marriage, not before, only when you're married. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't be tempted, but it means if you find yourself engaging the things you told yourself that you wouldn't do even a few months ago, then you're compromising yourself sexually and you need to reel it back a little bit. You need to think about, in the person that I'm with, is it allowing me to compromise my value? What I value most. Proverbs 5 actually equates sexual intimacy to being intoxicated. See, when you are enraged with sexual lust and temptation, you, number one, get blurry vision. <laughs> You just go, yeah, but we love each other. You become like a deer, a buck. On those first few weeks of November, you know what I'm talking about. Their tongue hangs out and they're just chasing any dough. You become that, you get blurry vision, you don't think. You lower your standards, you cloud your judgment. So let me encourage you today to remain sober before the Lord in this area of your life. Waiting is the best way to experience sex in its fullness. So five signs you're dating the wrong person. When they're not consistently pursuing Jesus. You can show that slide right there, go ahead. When they're not consistently pursuing Jesus. When those you love don't love who you're with. When you don't expect healthy conflict, when you find it difficult to trust the one you're with, and the last one, when you're being led away from Jesus. You can play some music. Remember, the sensible see trouble coming and avoids it. The unthinking person walks into trouble and regrets it later, and regrets it later. So if that's you, you might want to consider, and this is going to be extreme, but if you find yourself in those, one of those red flags, one of those red flags comes up, you might want to consider breaking up with that person now before you get into a covenant of marriage. I'm not saying that things can't work out later because God does miracles. But what I'm saying is right now, if you don't take action now, more than likely God won't have room to do what he wants to do. So why would I break up? Well, because you're probably dating the wrong person. Plain and simple, you're probably dating or engaged to the wrong person. And if you're engaged or dating the wrong person, you can't marry the right person. You can't marry the right person. Pretty practical, right? So why is this so radical? If you ignore these signs, these red flags, 
In the future, it will equal to possible pain and divorce in the future. But on the flip side of this, if you're dating, if they're pursuing Jesus, if those you love, love the person you're with, if that person you're with expects healthy conflict, if you're growing in trust together, and if you're both growing closer to Jesus together, this is what will happen. You will create a legacy. You will live longer together. You will be in union and in covenant with each other forever. Forever. The way God intended it. What God has joined, let no man, let no thing separate. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in all seriousness, Lord, I know there's people here that are in a relationship, and I bet that they're trying to figure a way to get out. God, I just ask that you give them strength, courage to get out of that relationship before they get married. But Lord, there's people here that maybe not have paid attention to those red flags, and they're married right now, or maybe they're divorced. God, I just ask and I pray that, Lord, you give them hope. You'd restore unto them the joy, number one, of their salvation, but the joy of their relationships and hope and knowing that you have crafted somebody specifically for them. God, we honor you today and we love you. I'm gonna ask two questions here today. Everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. Number one question is this. If you're here this morning, and you don't know who Jesus is personally and you want to know him today, just raise your hand real quick, put it right back down. Is there anybody here that says, that's me, Pastor, pray for me. Awesome, second question is this. And I'm gonna speak specifically to those who are single, who are looking for a mate. Okay, if you're married, come back next week. But specifically to those who are single, who are looking. Whether your age, it doesn't matter. Young or old, it doesn't matter. There's plenty of people who have been married for 36 years and yet get divorced. I know many of them. So if you're here this morning, I just wanna pray for you. I just wanna pray for you that God will give you the strength to see the red flags. So Father, right now, everybody, Lord, in that category, I just pray and I ask that you would give them eyes to see, ears to hear, to discern, God, what you have for them. The Lord says in Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future, and that's you. Even if you were married before and you're divorced, the no, God knows the plans that he has for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. If you're dating right now or engaged and you're looking to be married, God says to you, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. So let's resolve here this morning that we will not shortchange God's plan or his hope, or his future for us. We honor you today. We love you. And as we follow you, God, let that plan unfold. We thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Kristen, will you come up here and close for us here for a second? Invite the prayer.